Welcome to the Bridge Church Podcast. Our purpose statement at Bridge Church is to reach people where they are and help them grow. We hope today's message inspires you towards growth, and we pray it's life-changing, and we hope to see you soon. How's everybody doing this morning? Doing well? Good, 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 good. I wonder if... uh, if you're a parent here today, would you just stand with me? We want to pray for our families, all our parents. Would you just stand up? Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen. Keep standing, keep standing. And I want you to just take a second and join me in prayer for your children. As I know that we are all challenged in this day and age to parent well. Join me. Father, as we lift up our children, Lord, we ask you right now, this is a prayer of protection. We know that our children are impressionable, whether they are eight or 18. And right now, Lord, we pray that one, spiritually, you would protect them. We ask that as the enemy seeks to impress upon them a sense of value and worth that is not from you, God, help them to see they're made in your image. God, I pray that they would come into a knowledge of who you are and they would become intimate with you and know you more. Spirit of the living God, would you rescue our kids from themselves? Would you help our children know you as father, as Lord and protector? Lord, we pray for protection over our kids emotionally. There are so much suicidal ideation and depression and mental health issues happening in this day and age. God, would you protect our children emotionally right now for the ones that are feeling low and confused? Lord, we pray for your power to be guarding their minds. For the one child right now that is feeling isolated and alone, God, I pray you give them the right sense of worth and value in in you. God, protect them socially, Lord. We know that just finding friends and community can be difficult for children, but as we seek to not only be believers, but raise our kids in the admonition of the Lord, We pray that there would be a sense, Lord, that you and you alone would protect them, protect them and help them find the right friendships and the right relationships. Father, we just pray for your protection and your power. And then finally, Lord, we pray that you would project them out into the world then. Project them out into the world, God, in such a way that they would have an effect on the world. Psalm 127.4 says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. God, sometimes our prayers are for only protection, but not projection. We forget that the, the intention is for our kids to go out into the world, not to go away from the world. The goal is that our kids would have an impact for Christ, not just know him personally, 
So we pray that we would shoot our kids out into colleges, into schools, and into relationships like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Our children are meant to have an effect and an impact. So God, prepare our children to change the world. Sometimes we're only praying that they don't get changed by the world. But I pray we have kids that change the world. I pray we have kids that raise up and become leaders in this world. In the name of Jesus, they would lead in the mighty name of Jesus. Don't, God, just, we, not, we don't want to just protect our kids. We want to project our kids. So, God, change my mentality from just safety. If a child... They would only come and know the Lord. They would be in the security of Christ. So God, help me as a parent. Lead them. Protect them. And project them out. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Give it up for our parents today. You may be seated. Well, uh, we have the reminder there about uh, this weekend. This weekend we had a great, my wife and I did a marriage conference out in the Bronx uh, called The Power of Us. It was fantastic. Praise God. That was great. And we've got another one coming up in uh, March in Staten Island. So we'll let you know about it if you wanted to go to that. Um, but uh, again, this upcoming Saturday we have date night. And so uh, for those that are in a relationship, we would love to have you come out, get encouraged, be blessed have a good time, especially those with little ones. We know date nights are difficult for you, so we want to be able to be blessed and encouraged in that time. And again, they made the announcement about growth groups. Please come get connected. How many of you all here, was anybody here last week, last Sunday? Just lift, raise up your hand if you were here last Sunday. Okay, only two people. Okay, half, half the room. Were you encouraged last week? Were you encouraged? Did you walk out of here encouraged? Uh, while we were leaving, we were talking about a brighter day. Amen. The Lord is going to give us a brighter day. Was your whole week bright? Was it a brighter Sunday? Was it a bright Monday? Interesting how you probably walked away encouraged and excited, but then you went into a week. Some of y'all had a week. Huh? It's amazing. You just had this high, and then all of a sudden, boom. Something happened. I don't know. I don't know your life. But there's a good chance you walked away incredibly encouraged, only to come into a week where you faced various trials. One of the things that you learned about the Lord is uh, his character and his abilities are considered omni present. Omnipresent means essentially that he cannot be bound by time and space. God can be in one place and another and another at the same time. We know that humans are not omnipresent. We can only be at one place at one time. But one thing that I've learned over time, and maybe you've learned too, is that your emotions can be so powerful that it can make you feel like you're in a whole location. In other words, you can be in a very pleasant place, but you can be down. 
And interestingly enough, you can be experiencing two emotions at the same time. You are emotionally complex, dynamic. And so in many ways, Peter is going to teach us how we can be simultaneously experiencing the grief of earth and the joy of heaven. In many ways, we are emotionally omnipresent. We are dynamic emotionally. What the author of Hebrews is going to say is he's going to say, hold fast to the hope, Hebrews 6, hold fast to the hope set before us, We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. The imagery is of tossing and turning, and yet you have this anchor holding you secure, making you feel safe. Hope, therefore, is not an emotion, but hope produces an emotion. Hope produces joy. Hope is an understanding that produces an emotion. So much so that I can be going through all types of pain and trial and still have my hope in the Lord, and that hope can produce joy no matter what I'm going through. So everything can be crashing around me, and I can still have joy, not in the circumstance, but rather in something deeper and grander in the hope of the Lord. So it's important to note the tossing and turning of life, the variety that life gives you, the complexity. It would be sad to assume that your day will just be one way. It would be sad to assume your week will be one way. It would be sad to assume you're one way. You face all types of things. And so we must be more emotionally flexible And Peter is going to teach us how to do that. We said that hope, this is what William Carey said. He said, hope is when you expect great things from God. I wonder if if you're doing that right now. If you expect great things from God. I, right now, uh, dealing with a lot of different things from different people, And I expect problems from them. I mean, I expect it at this point. They've taught me. They've taught me well. I expect great problems from certain people. And if I let those people rule my day, that's all my day will be defined by. But I can expect bad problems from you and simultaneously expect great things from God. You can be tossing and turning all week with confusion and doubt and still expect great things from God. I want you to become more flexible. I want you to be more diverse. I want you to be anchored in the Lord because your week, your boss, your rent does not define you. The hope of the Lord. Expect great things from God. Amen? So this is what Peter is hoping to do in this text. Last week, we were on a high. Amen. We were just saying, brighter day, brighter day. 
Bridge Church Fellowship Annual Choir was up in this piece. Amen. Peter is speaking to exiled Jews. And they are not home. They're scattered abroad. And so because of that, um, they're scattered all over the Roman world. And last week we talked about how uh, he, he talked about how we were blessed in the Lord. We talked about four things. The great mercy had given us, how we were born again. Now we had a living hope and a future inheritance. And so now um, he's going to say, watch this in verse six. In this, oh, our screens work, amen. In this, you rejoice. Just all the stuff we talked about. Being born again, great mercy, and inheritance. He says, in this, you rejoice. He's not talking about anything temporal. He's talking about eternity and our eternal hope. In this, you rejoice. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. So he's saying that you are actually in a context of various trials and your rejoicing is interrupting the trials you're currently in. You're rejoicing in something eternal while grieving something temporal. And so he's saying you can be rejoicing and grieving all at the same time. Rejoicing, grieving. Notice the word rejoice here. The Greek word is a word that is not used by secular Koine Greek writers. It is only used in the New Testament because the word itself is indicating a deep spiritual joy. He's talking about rejoicing in God and in what God has done for you. Rejoicing in future hope. So this, this is generally understood as the joy of our salvation. Spiritually prompted joy. Psalm 51 would say it this way, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me with a willing spirit. Peter thinks rejoicing in heavenly realities is a normal part of the Christian life. So much so that this rejoicing should be something you reach for throughout the day. Philippians 4, 4 says it this way, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. Y'all know where Paul was when he wrote this? Jail. Not, my, not, not good jail, the jail that people don't come see you, jail, the jail when you don't know you're going to eat kind of jail. Jail, jail. Jail like I don't know if I'm ever going to see my family again, jail. Jail like no hope kind of jail. That kind of jail. And he told them rejoice in the Lord. Paul understood that there is a sense in which we must teach ourselves to rejoice in eternal things in spite of temporal circumstances. Joy from the world is something you wait for. I don't know if it's global warming, but how about this weather? Amen. I mean, I'm not excited about it. I'm kind of scared. I'm kind of confused. But I ain't got to put on a thick coat, and I'm glad about it, okay? So I'm praying for the earth. Regardless of all that, 
regardless of all that. In there are days where you just walk out and you be like, oh, oh, this weekend's going to be lit. This is nice. Oh, I'm happy. Or you go to work and the person that's always bugging out is not bugging out. You're like, oh, today. So what, what Peter is saying is there's a certain joy you have to wait on. But then he's saying there is a joy that you can always reach for. Peter's saying there's always a joy available. You don't have to wait for it. You don't have to wait for the day. You don't have to wait for that person. You don't have to wait. You can intentionally reach up to it and find the joy of your salvation. It's always available to you. And so Peter is saying, you're rejoicing while you're grieving. And so he'll go on to say that you are grieved by various trials. And when he says grieves, he's saying you're sorrowful, you're confused. The word there means offended and uneasy. He's saying many of you are rejoicing while very uncomfortable and disturbed. So he says while you're rejoicing, here's what Peter wants you to continue to do. He believes that your joy will be full when you understand the purpose behind your trials. If you know why you're going through, you will be able to continue in hope. If you ever get lost and why am I in this and why is all this happening, you will not have an anchor. Rather, you'll be tossed to and fro. So he's saying you need to understand the purpose and have a perspective so that you can have a hope and that hope will produce joycing. So look what he says. He says, uh, you're grieved by various trials, but I just want you to see real quick. I can't preach on this. Look at the time I have. I can't preach on this. But look, in this, though now for a little while, tur- look, turn to your name and say little while, just a little while. Look, do you know, do you know what he means by little while? He's talking about your life on earth. He's comparing your life on earth to life in eternity. You know what he called it? A little while. You know, I remember when I was a kid and I had a big job. I had this job. It was really nice. I was getting paid $15 an hour. Oh, my gosh. It was just so much money. And you know what my mom would do? She'd be like, oh, that's a nice little job. You know, she would call it a little. You know how your mom would do that? It's like, it's insignificant. He looks at trial, scattered exiles, and he says, this is just a little while. He says, no, 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 I'm looking at in light of eternity. This is nothing. So, do you just, so if you're going to keep an eternal perspective, you cannot put your hope in anything temporal. But we must build our hopes on things eternal. And it's always good to contrast earthly issues with heavenly joy. Romans 8 would say, for I consider the sufferings of this present time not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. No, he says a little while. This earth thing is just a season. Here today, gone tomorrow. 80 years, then eternity. But he goes on and he says, the thing you got to understand is You've encountered various trials. Trials have variety. Did you know that? 
trials have a, a stylist, right? It just, they just mix it up. <laughs> trials can be very different. Trials have diversity and uniqueness. Various trials, they're multifaceted. Here's just an encouragement to note. Trials have a design to produce something in me. So I need to be very cautious of looking at a trial I went through and presuming that it's producing the same thing in you. Because trials have variety. And trials are connected to what God wants to do with me, how he's changing me. So I should not be so quick to presume what God is doing in you because trials have variety. Amen? And so he says there's so much different and uniqueness to trial based upon your pain, your background, and what he's trying to do in you. So what is a trial? What is a trial? Well, it's important to note that a trial here is not talking about temptation, another sermon, another day. But he's saying a trial is, you could define it this way, undeserved suffering from the outside, and the person is distressed by it. Undeserved suffering. How did I get here? Why is it, who, who is this? Where did this come from? Undeserved. So I don't have time to go into it, but um, trials are not consequences. So some of y'all are going through, and you're going through because you're reaping what you've sown. Amen. <laughs> but I, I want to I encourage you that some of you are tempted and some of you are facing consequences, but there's a whole other world where you're just going to have to go through and you didn't do anything wrong. Okay? That's what we're talking about. And, and oftentimes, at the depth of your pain, you are going to ask, what did I do, Lord? What version of the faith? Is this the adventure version of the Christian life? I didn't know. Is there another version I could sign up for? Job's counselors asked, did you pervert justice? Did yours, did you, they literally asked, did your children sin or did you sin? What did you do to deserve all of that? And you've thought that too about people too. So, so just understand, when you're in a trial, consequences are always on your radar. So you need to be sure this is not, I'm not receiving something based upon what I've done. This is a part of a broader and wider plan for my life. So, so now we understand what the trial is, what a trial is. Look at verse 7, 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. He says, this is what trials are about. The tested genuineness of your faith. That's why you go through trials. The tested genuineness of your faith. Now, the word genuine means proven, seen, understood. And what Peter is saying is, 
You go through trials because it's hard to tell who loves God when the sun is shining and the birds are chirping and the money's flowing and the health is popping, right? And you do not go through trials to prove your faith to God. God already knows you have faith. Guess who you're proving you have faith to? You. Uh, we don't have it up there, 2 Timothy. In 2 Timothy, verse 11 and 12, it says it this way. For which, he says, I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher, for which is why I suffer as I do. He says, but I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I believed. And I am convinced that he's able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Your faith must be tested because you must become even more sure than you are currently sure of your faith in God. So understand that there is a very good chance that as you increase in maturity, you will increase in testing. And as you increase in this testing, you will become more sure, more confident, more solid in what you believe. You must be tested if you're going to mature. If you're going to grow, you got to know, as my auntie said, you got to know that you know that you know. Who you believe in the middle of all crisis. One author said, a faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. So you believe when my wife and I, we moved to Texas, no, we moved from, from Texas to North Carolina. I was in a, um, a burrito shop called Huyas. true story. And it was like, I heard the Lord talking to me. And it was just so clear, like, I was supposed to move to North Carolina. And we moved to North Carolina. And uh, the doors opened for us. Jobs, wife got a job, I ended up getting a job. Doors opened. So I thought, 10 years later, when I moved to New York, and I heard the Lord say, Brooklyn. I said, come on, Lord, the doors are going to open again because the same, because if you did it before, you could do it again. That's what the song says. So I'm like, okay, 10 years later, this is going to be incredible because I saw what you did and this is what happened. The Lord is like, but you're not the same person. And the doors did not fly open. Amen. They stayed shut. It was harder 10 years later. What do I have to do? Believe more. Trust more. Faith that cannot be tested, cannot be trusted. So there's certain things now that just don't shake me. Why? Because I've been tested. We were at, uh, all so long ago when we were on Atlantic Ave, and um, <laughs> back in the day when we were in that little box, um, Department of Buildings came. Remember that? Department of Buildings came with their, in the middle of a meeting, we had a meeting at the church with their little flashlight, like, hey, 
you've been reported. 311. I was like, there's a 311? I didn't even know there was a 311. Yeah, we got reported. Y'all too loud. Y'all can't be here. And there was a guy with us. He's like, hey, calm down. It was literally, we had a consultant come in. He was like, calm down. I know you're concerned. I was like, I'm not concerned about this. The the apartment is a building is not real. This is God. If God wants, I don't think you understand. This ain't real. These people ain't real. He ain't got, he even got a gun. He ain't got no authority. (laughs) Trials teach you man's no means nothing. It really does. It just, I'm, I'm, what I'm telling you is, if the Department of Buildings came in 2013, fear in my soul would be palatable. I mean, I'm talking about scared, scared. 2023, I'm like, who he? I ain't scared. And I'm just saying, I'm just saying that did not come from just reading the word. It came from living out the faith and being tested. So you cannot say I want to be unshakable without being shaken. You have to have a proven faith, and it proves it to you. Talking about it's going to be okay. I know it's going to be okay. I didn't see this. I didn't see this. I wasn't like, God, there's going to be a building three times the size. I didn't know that. But I know he was going to protect me. And sometimes, listen, testing is so that you know that you know that you know. And right now you know, but you need a few more no's. Amen? So uh, Matthew 13 says in verse 20 and 21, as for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, right? Yet he has no root in himself, but he endures for what? A while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. So there Matthew telling the story of Jesus and giving us this imagery that... um, Trials, they test the person that's excited about their faith immediately, and then they just don't endure. And so it's our desire that you would endure. So here's what he says. He gives us an analogy so that you might hold on to your hope. An analogy so you can see it. Look back in 1 Peter 1. Look what he says. He says, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So he uses this imagery of fire and he talks about gold. So what he's talking about here is not fire. He's talking about the refiner's fire. Not fire, the refiner's fire. Now, why is that important? Because if there was a fire that broke out, it destroys everything. It is, it has no direction. But The refiner's fire has a specific direction and a specific purpose. 
So if you think it's just fire, you'll think you're being destroyed. But if you know it's the refiner's fire, you'll know that you're being delivered. The refiner's fire has purpose. It's changing you. It's building you up. It's for you. It's for your family. It's for your friends. It's for your job. It's for your kids. It's for you to grow. The refiner's fire is molding you. So what is the refiner's fire? Well, a goldsmith, um, think about this. A goldsmith would just wouldn't melt gold to melt gold, just sitting there melting gold and then throwing it out, right? That would be destroying, that would be melting down gold and just destroying it for any old purpose. But what the refiner's fire is, is that a goldsmith is going to melt down gold in a smelting furnace long enough to remove the cheap impurities from it. Then he would pour it out and make it into a beautiful article of value. So it comes out as gold and has all this dirt and all these impurities. And as he burns it, all of the impurities come out and then he will mold it into a watch or a necklace, something beautiful, so much so that when you see it, you would have never known all the impurities were on it. It's been said that the eastern goldsmith kept the metal in the furnace long enough until he could see his face reflected on it. And we know that this is what our Lord does because he keeps us in the trial of fire of suffering until we reflect the glory of the beauty of Jesus. He keeps going until he sees himself. So you must know you in the refiner's fire. That makes all the difference when you know that you know that you know I'm in the refiner's fire. Doesn't feel good, still burns. Okay, burning never feels good. But burnt with a purpose. Right? Molded, made, Shaped. A lot of you are getting that pride broken up, broke, broke, broke. A lot of that jealousy gone. Fear gone. How did it happen? Burnt up. All of it. And it keeps going. And so it is an intense word. Look what Job said in Job 23. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there and backward, but I do not perceive him. Verse nine, on the left hand, when he is not, when he is working, I do not behold him. He turns to the right hand, but I do not see him, but he knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. Hear what Job said? I don't see him, but I, and I don't know what's going on, but I know at the end of this, I'll come out as gold. The psalmist said in Psalm 66, for you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. I know that I know that I know that I'm being tested. And because of that, I can have joy. When you have the right perspective, you know that there is another side to the fire. You know, going back to that Matthew 13 passage, many of your friends have left the faith because the church, many things. But understand, the church is a hot mess. We part of that fire. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? Like, we the problem. God uses the 
the brokenness in the church to refine you. So some of you are hesitant about coming back to church again because you're like, man, that was hard. I got burnt. Precisely. This is part of God's plan. I'm not saying stay at churches where there's manipulation and all that. But I'm saying that trial is part of it, and part of the trial is dealing with people of God sometimes. And so you must know that God uses trial. Saints, I want to encourage you. Think about you for a second. Just think about you. You ever look at a picture of yourself 10 years ago? 20 years ago? You ever have a Facebook memory come up? And you just sit there and go, what was I talking about? <laughs> no, seriously, have you ever had that happen? Or you look back at a picture and you're like, what am I, what am I wearing? I look so stupid. All I'm saying is, have you ever looked back and been like, I was such a fool? Maybe you're a fool right now. (laughs) Just consider this. No, no. Whoa. (laughs) Work with me. Ten years from now, there's a very good chance that you're going to look back at 2023 you and go, I was such a fool. So maybe God sees the fool in you now and he's burning out foolishness now. Maybe he doesn't need, maybe God doesn't need Facebook memories. (laughs) Just a little, little theology for you this morning. Maybe the Lord is very acquainted with your weaknesses. And there, literally, there are things that you look back on, you're like, I can't believe I said that. And you're doing those things right now. Right now, you're saying crazy things. You're asking for crazy things. There's things you're praying for. God's like, girl, stop. Because you have no idea how foolish it is. You have no idea. Now, speaking of buildings, I prayed and asked God for a building. And I was mad when I didn't get it. But I'm happy now. Praise God. But I didn't know then what I know now. His nose were beautiful, but they were ugly at the time. Fire never feels good. But I just want to encourage you because some of you right now are deeply, deeply in a very particular trial. It has a lot of variety to it. You're just like Job. You're just like, where are you? Just need to see you. And I want you to hear me. You will come out stronger than you've ever been. You will come out wiser than you've ever been. And you will have more freedom from sin, fear, and doubt than you've ever had. But you've got to know that you know that you know. Because if you don't know, then you'll still be as curious a year later than you were. But if you know that God is testing you, 
then you will be strengthened and you will give him honor. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's another side to the fire. Oh, there's another side to the fire. There's another side to the fire. There's just another side. There's another side. You're in it right now, but I'm just saying there's an other side. You're going to come out better on the other. No, no, you're not there yet. You're going to come out better on the other side. So the, the story goes like this. Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, praise God. Listen, listen, look, look at the text. Let's, let's, let's do some Bible study, okay? Let's read this together on three. One, two, three. And these three men... Shadrach, me. Fell what? Fell what? Fell what? Oh, we're doing Bible study today. And then in the next, in, in verse 25 of chapter 3, look, look, it says, you know, the angel came in there and they did all these great things. And all of a sudden they looked and he's, and, and look, let's read that. After the fire came in and all this stuff, and they survived the fire, look here. It says on three. Let's read this. One, two, three. And he. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Read that again. But I see four men what? Four men what? Four men what? They went into the fire bound, but they came out unbound. They survived the fire. They were in the fire. They came out the other side, but they don't remember. We don't remember that part of the story. They were bound when they came in, unbound when they came out. The fire that God has for you is to unbind you from the foolishness you're caught in right now. Unbound. Unbound. So here's the perspective Here's the perspective that I want you to have. When you're in the fire, I don't want you to say, I'm having a meltdown. I want you to say, I'm being melted down. No, no, I'm not having a meltdown. He's melting me down. Now, I'm going to say new fire. Would you stand with me? Stand up with me. Stand up with me. Trials got variety, don't it? How's this week going to be? Who knows? Some of you are going to have new trials. So here's what I want you to say with me. I'm going to say new fire. You say new freedom. New fire. New fire. New fire. Next week's going to be some new fire, but what's it going to produce? New freedom. You're going to be unbound. You're going to come out the other side. And you've been shaken, but you'll be unshakable. And you'll be stronger in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you right now, teach us. Teach us that we can be, we can have joy and we can be grieved at the same time. Teach us that there's another side that you're working, molding, and shaping. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Give it up for the Lord and his word. We hope today's message was encouraging to you. We would love to hear how God used this message to speak to you. If this message was impactful to you today, 
please send us an email, info at bridgechurchnyc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Our handles on our social media platforms is BridgeChurchNYC. Our website is BridgeChurchNYC.com. If you are in the New York City area, we would love to see you on a Sunday. Our services on Sundays are at 11 a.m. and the address is 345 Adams Street in downtown Brooklyn. Thanks for listening to our podcast today and we hope to see you soon.